Hello, everyone. This is the Grace Point Daily Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Johnson. Thank you for joining us on this historic episode number 25. Today, we're going to be talking about prayer. We talked about fasting. Now we're going to talk about prayer as well. But I'm so excited as I'm viewing my computer in front of me. We are at 999 all-time plays. I really wanted to wait till 1,000 so that when I started recording this, podcast, I could officially say we've been listened to 1,000 times. I know for some big podcasters who probably get that in a second or 10 seconds or whatever, they have a million listeners. I am extremely grateful for those of you that are a part of this content. Once again, our vision is to give you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. Got to give a quick shout out to you here to Greg and Kelly Craywick. They were inspired by the Grace Point Daily Podcast and started their own called Committed to Christ. So again, they are doing that via Anchor and you can find it on all the platforms Committed to Christ, Kelly and Greg Greg and Kelly Craywick, which uh, Greg, Kelly, (laughs) we love you. Uh, Check it out. It's got three purple crosses. There's a couple other Committed to Christ podcasts. So check that one out. It's a great interaction between a husband and wife, just speaking their heart and what's going on inside of their life. So thank you. Well, I want to talk about prayer. Obviously, you can't talk about fasting without talking about praying. And we're in this mode of Christmas season, but we're prepping, we're preparing ourselves to get ready to pray and to fast and to seek God's face for a brand new year. So I want to encourage you, whether you go to Grace Point Assembly of God Church or whatever you're doing, how are you preparing yourself and get ready, getting ready to seek God in a new way in a new year? So I'm gonna, there's a lot of ways that we could talk about prayer, but I'm gonna do it from two different aspects. Number one, I began reading a book called How to Pray by C.S. Lewis. Now, as I began to read this book, the one thing that I quickly was able to see and understand and recognize is that I am not a scholar. I love C.S. Lewis. Man, I'm a huge Chronicles of Narnia fan. He has some other great books, Screwtape Letters, many others, but uh, I am not a scholar. And he approaches prayer in this book from a very scholarly approach. Uh, and it's almost, if you read this book, I was reading this book to my girls. When I started reading it to them, they were, I was a little cynical. We were kind of like, I, I don't agree with what he's talking about here. And so you have to read the whole book because he's starting to work through a very interesting process that requires you to think about prayer. So the first thing he began to talk about, can prayer be proven to work? So does prayer even work? And he was kind of, again, maybe in a cynical or not so cynical way, kind of asking the question, um, you know, does prayer even work? I mean, he he talked about times when we pray uh, and it works and times when we pray and it doesn't work. So scientifically, does prayer work? And I'm sure we've all felt that way before, right? There's been times and moments when we're praying, we're seeking God and things are happening and things are moving. And then there's also times when we are praying and it seems like absolutely nothing is happening. Uh, and, and I've been there before and I'm sure we've all been there before. And Lewis is starting to is starting off with kind of a negative bent. I don't want to say negative because when you start reading through the book, he he comes around. But really, kind of what, what some of you may have questioned, well, you know, why do I pray? Does it does it even work? I prayed yesterday. I prayed the day before. I've prayed other times in my life and it didn't work. So why should I pray? And you know, that's a, that's a valid question. And it's not something that many other people haven't asked the, the, the same question. Go to the book of Psalms. There were times when the Psalmist David and others were worshiping God and like, man, God's so amazing. And then there were times that they were like, God, where are you? I feel like you have completely 
abandon me. That shouldn't stop us from praying. It, it, it doesn't mean that something isn't happening in our prayers. It's not an excuse um, that to mean that, you know, if we're praying and something doesn't get answered, it's, you know, it, it's not a... It's not an out, it's not an excuse. Prayer does work, but it's a valid question and I'm sure it fills our minds sometimes when we are praying, right? Because there's some of you, even as you listen to this podcast, you're like, well, I've been praying for this person or that thing or that issue for a very long time. But then secondly, he goes into another chapter talking about why make requests of God if he already knows what we need. So now again, it's almost kind of like a double negative where he's like, well, first of all, does, does prayer get answered? And second of all, why should we pray if if he already knows, if he's already in control, he's in control of the whole universe, he dictates and determines what is going to happen, then then why do I even need to pray? Again, kind of, in, in a sense, a valid point. But I'm going to read just a little section from the book because I thought uh, it was interesting. He said, that is why God has retained a discretionary power of granting or refusing it, except on that condition prayer would destroy us. It is such... It is not unreasonable for a headmaster to say such and such things you may do according to the fixed rules of this school, but such and such other things are too dangerous to be left to general rules. If you want to do them, you must come and make a request and talk over the whole matter with me in my study, and then we'll see. So again, see how Lewis, he's just approaching such things in a very scholarly manner. But I do love this point that he brings up is that prayer is this one discretionary element of God, if you will, that when we seek him, he can alter, he can shift things and things are affected, can be affected and will be affected by our prayers. So that's just kind of his take and his opinion. And before we just get to opinion based, let me read a scripture. In Psalm 34 verse 15, it says, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. So guess what? I want to tell you today that God is listening to your prayers, that his his eyes and his ears are attentive to the cry of the righteous and to those that are following him and that those who trust in him. Daniel 9.18 says, We do not make request of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Psalm 5 verse 3 says, In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. And so, you know, we should be praying. We should be seeking God. We should be expecting that God is going to do something when we pray. That prayer is not random. Uh, that prayer isn't, um, you know, it's it's not a lottery. That it, it, It's not like buying a lottery ticket <laughs> that, okay, if I pray, maybe it'll get answered. Maybe it won't get answered. According to God's word, when we pray, we should assume that God is hearing our prayers and that he is answering them and that he is working uh, and that we should have confidence in this. Even 1 John 4, excuse me, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And I want to tell you something, that that is such an important aspect of our prayer life. It's so easy. I've said this a lot, that it's so easy when we step into a time of prayer uh, that we just, it, it gets monotonous. It gets very selfish, right? I mean, obviously it's a good thing. I'll give you an example of praying for our food. Lord bless our food. Uh, in Jesus name. Amen. Um, tomorrow I'm getting ready for church tomorrow. I'm getting, getting ready to lead our church tomorrow. It's, it's so easy 
to pray, uh, Lord, help there to be good attendance tomorrow, help there to be good offering, uh, help, help people to respond to you, rather than just really seeking God on a deeper level in prayer and asking his will to be done. And I want to challenge you in that area. And that's what I've been challenging those of you that are going to fast and pray uh, upcoming in the new year, that if you're going to fast and pray, I want you to take some time to pray about what you're going to pray about. <laughs> pray before you pray. That you should pray before you pray. Because then you're saying, God, I, I, I want to know your heart. God, what should I be praying for? God, what, God, what is your will? Rather than just me just flippantly praying things that I want to pray. Here's the bottom line. James chapter 4 verse 3 says, When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And that's so true, isn't it? That so many, so many times our prayers are just based off of wrong motives. It's based off of asking what we want as opposed to what God wants. So interesting. I'm reading this book, How to Pray, called C.S. Lewis, and he's kind of starting the book off in somewhat of a negative way in terms of, does God really hear our prayer? Is he moved by our prayers? But then turning to the word of God, knowing that God does hear our prayer. And, and again, I'm not throwing uh, Mr. Lewis under the bus because I know that's not what he was saying. But then I, I, at the same time, I was laying down and my wife threw some books at me, not literally, but set them by my bed. And one was called Why Revival Tarries. And it was by an author, uh, a revivalist of old, an evangelist named Leonard Ravenhill. And he in this book is just pounding the pavement uh, and waving the flag for prayer in the lives of the believers and just saying the reason we don't experience the power of God, the reason we don't experience revival is because we don't pray. And I love just some quotes I'm going to read for you. He said, prayer affects God. I, I love that, just that simple phrase, prayer affects God. So I want to encourage you the next time that you go to pray, it is affecting God. Prayer affects God. Uh, um, you, you, other things don't affect God, but prayer absolutely 100% does. Uh, and he speaks here in this book, he's kind of really, in the first chapter, he's preaching at pastors, but he said, victory is not won in the pulpit by firing intellectual bullets or wisecracks, but in the prayer closet. It is won or lost before the preacher's foot enters the pulpit. And man, that, when I read that, that was convicting for me as a pastor, because sometimes as a pastor, we're so focused on preaching a cool sermon and thinking in our brains like, oh, I wonder if people are going to like this sermon. I hope they like it rather than saying, you know what? I'm going to pray. God, I'm going to hear your voice. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to ask what it is that you want me to preach. And, and I'm going to do that instead. <laughs> he even said in this chapter, you know, for those churches that hire pastors, do we ever ask pastors um, how, how much they pray or how long they pray per day? Or is it just about all of their, you know, things that they have done, all of their um, numeric, the, their metrics, you know, that how big was your church, how, you know, or really what is your prayer life like? Do we care about that? And then in the second chapter also, he says, no man is greater than his prayer life. Wow. Isn't, isn't that a powerful statement? No man is greater than his prayer life. My life will only be as great as my prayer life is. That's convicting. That, that makes me close the book and say, God, I don't pray enough. How many of you would confess that right now as you listen to this podcast, you'd say, you know what, man, I, I don't pray enough. I don't seek God enough. I need to, I need to pray more. The secret of praying is praying in the secret. A sinning man will stop praying and a praying man will stop sinning. You know, just giving you a little quotes that he put along the book here. Just 
that, that when we're walking in prayer, this is when we're powerful. This is when we're holy. This is when we're righteous. This is when we're most effective in our spiritual walk. This is when we're encountering God. So I want to encourage you, start praying, seeking the Lord. I, I, I Listen, I understand it's difficult. I have four kids. I have a wife. I have a family. I have a job. And sometimes it just feels like prayer is the last thing on my mind. And man, how horrible, is it, how horrible is it to say as a pastor, but that I would make that discipline to get up in the morning, to rise, rise with prayer, end the day with prayer, seek God in prayer. So I hope some of that encourages you because the goal this year is not just to fast, it's to fast and to pray. And it's actually to make both of those things a regular part of our, our lifestyle. Amen. James chapter five, verse 16, I'll close with this, says the the prayer of a righteous man, it's powerful and effective. So I want, I want my prayers to be powerful and effective, don't you? So I'm going to have to be a righteous man. I'm going to have to be pursuing God. I'm going to have to be pursuing his will. So God bless you as you continue to daily walk with Jesus, that you would make prayer a part of your life uh, in your, whether when you wake up in the shower, in the car, that uh, on lunch break, that you take time in moments to seek him because prayer affects God. Thank you for listening to the Grace Point Daily Podcast. We'll talk to you next time.